0: Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com.
1: This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors.
0: Dean Arthur, Jeffrey Lynn, Mary Nash. The Gulf Screen Guild Theater. Your host, the director of the star's own theater, Roger Pryor.
2: Good evening, everyone. Your neighborhood good Gulf dealer and the Gulf Oil Companies welcome you to the Gulf Screen Guild Theater. Tonight, the Gulf Theater stars Gene Arthur, Jeffrey Lynn, and Mary Nash in Jezebel, one of the most brilliant motion pictures of the past decade. Jean Arthur's portrayal of the title role is her first radio appearance of the year, chalking up another Gulf Theater first. You meet all your favorite stars here in the Gulf Theater because this is truly the star's own theater. For, as you know, the money that would ordinarily go to the stars who appear here, Gulf gives instead to the Motion Picture Relief Fund to help provide for the members of the motion picture industry who can no longer take care of themselves. And now, tonight's story, Jezebel. Especially adapted for radio by Charles Taswell, with Frank Tours conducting Oscar Bradley's Gulf Orchestra.
3: <laughs> that
2: applause, ladies and gentlemen, is for our stars who have just entered from the wings. They take their places at the microphone, and the play begins with Gene Arthur as Julie, Jeffrey Lynn as Press, and Mary Nash as Aunt Bell. <laughs>
4: It was worn by my niece, Julie Marston, at the Mardi Gras Ball in New Orleans. The year was 1850. I remember that very well, because 51 was the year of the terrible yellow fever epidemic. Julie was engaged to Preston Dillard, president of the Dillard Bank and the catch of New Orleans. The story of the red dress really begins on the day Julie and I drove down to the bank, and much against my wishes, Julie sent Tybat, our coachman, to find Preston. And tell him we were waiting outside. Tell is Miss Julie's bare words, Mr.
1: Dillard. I believe you, Tybatt. But you'll have to explain to Miss Julie that it's impossible for me to leave the bank right now. But she's waiting right out front in the cad where I have fell, Mr. Dillard. Tell her I'm very sorry, but that I'm right in the middle of an important conference. Can you remember that? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, I can remember all right. But you knows what a temper Miss Julie's got.
4: say it isn't ladylike, Julie, driving up to a man's place of business and sending word in by a servant for him to come on.
5: Oh, Aunt Belle, don't be so stuffy. And
4: how you could ever dream that any man would go to the dressmakers
5: with you? It's
3: preposterous.
5: I declare if I were press Dillard. Now, Dumplin, don't, don't fret yourself about press. He'll come. I've been training him. Miss Julie. Yes, how about Well, Miss
1: Julie, I, uh, uh...
5: What's the matter? Didn't uh, you find Mr. Dillard? Uh,
1: yes, I'm, uh, yes, I'm. I done found him all right, only... Only what? Uh, uh Mr. Dillard said he can't come.
5: He said what? He tell you,
1: uh, that is, uh he's right in the middle of something important.
5: Important?
1: A uh, conference. He says you understand.
5: You go back and tell Mr. Dillard I understand perfectly. Tell him I suppose it isn't important that I've spent a month having my ball dress made for tomorrow night and that he promised to come and see it fitted. Tell him I don't suppose it's important to him what I wear of the ball. Julie! Go on, tell him that, Tybatch! Uh, yes,
1: um, yes uh, Miss Julie,
5: yes. Julie Martin, are you out of your mind? I'll show Chris Dillett I'm more important than his silly business. You want to lose him? Lose him? <laughs> Don't be ridiculous, Aunt Belle. He'll come around to the house tonight eating humble pie. I uh, wouldn't he be too sure of that. He always does, doesn't he? Come, Dumplin', let's go on to Madame Pollard's and see what kind of a horrible mess she's made of my dress. But it's as bad as I him, I shall put myself out to be charmingly disagreeable. <laughs> I ah, Oh, I'll be Mademoiselle Julie. Madame Ponard is like Julie. It's a perfectly lovely dress. I don't like the neckline. The armholes bind. Oh, but it is his last word. I thought from Paris. I don't like it at all. Fresh will adore it. Fresh? You know Fres always loves young boys. Yes, so he does. He's mentioned it several times. Just wait till he sees this one. I'm afraid he never will, Aunt Bell. What do you mean, Madame Pauline? Fetch me that dress over there. You—you you mean the red one? Oh no, Mademoiselle! No, 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 no! If it fits me, I'll take it. Julie, are you out of your senses? You know you can't wear red to the ball. Can't I? I'm going to. This is 1850, Dumpling, not the Dark Ages. Girls don't have to simper around in white just because they're not married. In New Orleans, they do. We oui, Mademoiselle Louise, your aunt is right. This red dress was made for that—that Vicares that woman of Gallatin Street. Really? <laughs> I've a much better figure for it, Julie. You can't be serious. Never more serious in my life. But Julie, think of Press. Yes, Press is just the one I am thinking of. Deliver this dress tonight without fail, Madame Pauline. I want to show it to Mr. Gillard when he comes to apologize. <laughs>
3: Julie! Julie!
1: Julie, darling.
5: Why, Chris, banging at a lady's bedroom door, I'm scandalized at you.
1: Your aunt said I could come up. Julie, I couldn't leave the bank today. You know that. I was just as disappointed as you were.
5: Disappointed? I wasn't in the least disappointed.
1: I couldn't walk out on a director's meeting and explain I had to go to the dressmakers. They'd have thought me a fool. I (laughs)
5: scarcely missed you.
1: Julie, how long must we go on like this? Like what? Fussing, fighting like a couple of children.
5: As long as you insist on treating me like a child. Then
1: stop behaving like one. Oh, Julie, there's no sense to this quarreling. We've got to stop.
5: Well, if you're really sorry about this afternoon...
1: Julie. Oh, Julie, darling...
5: Press, you mustn't. Suppose one of the servants...
1: Oh, bother the servants. You love me. I guess I must. I came here to wring your neck and end up like this, holding you in my arms.
5: Darling. (laughs) Darling, would you like to see my new dress? All right. Just arrived a few minutes ago.
1: Lucky dress to be worn by you to the Proteus Ball.
5: Here, look, Press, isn't it saucy? Julie. Don't you think it'll be very becoming?
1: You don't seriously mean you're going to wear that? Certainly. But, Julie, it's red.
5: Gorgeously red. You
1: can't wear that to the ball. Why not? Because an unmarried girl of your position wears white. Red belongs to Gallatin Street.
5: Really? Now, did Pauline said she designed this dress for a, a notorious Gallatin Street person? Julie, you
1: can't do this. For heaven's sake, be reasonable.
5: Were you reasonable this afternoon?
1: Oh, so that's it. You're just nursing a spike. Well, for once, you're going to do as I say. Am I? I'm calling for you tomorrow night at ten. And you're going to be properly dressed for the ball in white.
5: Of course, Press, if you say so.
1: Your own good sense will say so.
5: Suppose it doesn't.
1: Then, my sweet, you and I will sit at home with our embroidery.
3: Judy? Judy? Yes, Aunt Belle? Press
5: is here. Come in. I didn't hear you come down to see Julie. Oh, what's the matter, Aunt Belle? Good evening, Press. Julie, that dress. <laughs> Pretty, isn't it? Well, it's getting late. Shall we start, Press?
1: I told you we weren't going if you insisted on wearing that red dress.
5: Oh, why must everyone be so proper? There's nothing wrong with this dress. Why don't you just admit you're afraid?
1: Afraid? Afraid of what?
5: Afraid that someone will insult me and you'll find it necessary to defend me.
1: May I help you with your wrap,
5: Julie, I forbid you to leave this house.
1: Oh, come now, Aunt Belle. Julie mustn't miss the ball. Ready, Julie?
3: Yes.
1: My arm, please. Good night, Aunt Belle. Don't wait up for us. We may not be back until morning. If then...
0: this is our dance, Miss Mary Lee.
5: Why, of course, Mr. Schuyler. I've just been pining. Mm. Julie Marston. Wearing red. A Kenny Hussey from Gallatin Street. Press. Press, I'm very tired. Please, I'd like to go home.
3: But
1: we've only just come. Just ignore her.
5: Color death. Insolent. Shameless. Insulin. Wearing a dress from Gallatin Street. Press, take me off the floor.
1: I feel like dancing.
4: Leave the floor. Leave the hall. Let her know the Proteus Ball doesn't cater to Gallatin Street.
3: Please.
5: Please, I want to go home. What's the
4: matter with the music? Go on, play. We want
3: to dance. Dance! Aunt
5: Belle, still up. Won't you come in, Fred?
1: No. Thanks for a pleasant evening, Julie. And Goodbye.
5: Is that all you've got to say?
1: That's all, Julie.
5: Even if I say I was wrong?
1: You couldn't be wrong, could you? You're Julie Marsden.
5: Do you want me to get down on my knees and ask to be forgiven?
1: It'll be interesting, but utterly useless.
5: Evidently, you've made up your mind.
1: No, Julie. You've made up my mind.
5: Well, then goodbye. Goodbye, Julie. Julie,
4: I've been waiting on pins and needles for you to... Why,
5: where's Fred? He's gone. Gone? Gone where? I don't know. But you mustn't let him go after me. No. He'll come back. Wait and see. He'll come back. Probably tonight. Or tomorrow or the day after. Julie, child. He'll come back begging my forgiveness. You'll see. He's got to. Don't you understand? He's got to. Because Fred can't get along without me. <laughs>
2: Ladies and gentlemen, is the first half of tonight's Gulf Theater production, Jezebel. The Gulf Curtain will rise on Act Two in just a few seconds, during which Bud Heaston would like to carry on from where he left off last week. Carry on, Bud. Thanks, Roger. Well, ladies and gentlemen,
0: ever since we explained about Jack Benny and Carmichael last week and told you about that picture of the laughing polar bear on the signs outside your good Gulf dealers, many of you are probably asking, how about other cold weather precautions besides changing the oil? What else do I do to get the laugh on old man Winter? Well, here's the answer: turn in where you see the laughing bear at the sign of the Gulf Orange Disk, and ask for Gulf Winter Guard Service. It's a really complete job. Easy starting Gulf Fried Motor Oil for your crankcase, Gulf antifreeze for your radiator, a permanent type antifreeze that doesn't boil away during the warm spells. Lubrication service with those new Gulf Lex lubricants, as well as winter grade lubricants for transmission and differential. That's the way to laugh at winter. Get golf Winter guard service. It costs far less than you think. It's much cheaper and a lot less trouble than letting that first cold morning catch you with a frozen radiator or an oil so heavy that your motor won't turn over. So get Winter guard service now, where you see the laughing white bear at your neighborhood good golf dealers. <laughs>
2: Is about to rise on the second act of tonight's Gulf Theater play Jezebel, starring Jean Arthur as Julie, Jeffrey Lynn as Press Dillard, and Mary Nash as Aunt Belle. I'll play the part of Buck Cantrell.
3: Let me see
4: now. Where were we in my story of the red dress? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, I just told you how my niece Julie wore the red dress to the Mardi Gras ball. Well,. That high-handed escapade cost Julie most of her friends. And Press Dillard left for the North the very next day. Called Boston on business, so they said at the bank. Julie was broken-hearted. But for appearances' sake, she began going out with a hot-headed, dashing young planter named Buck Cantrell. A year passed by. Buck had often asked Julie to marry him, but she'd been unable to get Press out of her heart. And Buck had long since realized his cause was hopeless. He came in one evening to pay his respects and deliver some dire news. He looked very serious and rather
2: frightened. The best thing to do, Aunt Bell, is take Miss Julie and go up to your plantation at Halsey until this scare blows over.
5: Is there really cause for alarm, Of course not.
2: Doc Livingstone says it's spreading like wildfire, Miss Julie.
5: Yellow fever, I no yellow fever. I'm staying in town. Well,
2: all right, Miss Julie, but if you go to change your mind, you better do it before they put a quarantine around the parish. Well, I, I guess I'd better run along. Oh, by the way, I almost forgot. Uh, two of the directors of the bank are down with Beaver, so Press Dillard's coming back. Press Dillard? Coming back to New Orleans? Yeah, arriving Friday on the packet. Well, goodbye, Aunt Belle. Bye, Miss Julie.
5: Julie, did you hear? Press Dillard is coming home. Well, of course he is. He had to come to me. He couldn't help himself. What do you mean? He wouldn't know how to fight as hard as I have to keep from going to him. We shall be married.
4: Julie, darling.
5: I'm going to beg his forgiveness. I was vicious and mean and selfish. And I'm going to tell him how I hated myself for being like I was. I'll humble myself before him.
3: There, there, child.
5: We'll go to the plantation at Halcyon, Ann Bell. Of course. Now that press is coming home. That's the place for our meeting. We'll give a party. A wonderful party. Invite everyone we haven't seen for ages. And we'll laugh and sing and dance. An old time party that'll never be forgotten. A party to celebrate Prest's homecoming.
3: Come on, Buck, sing. Oh, shoot, my love, my
2: turtle. shucks, <laughs> yes, Miss Julie. I reckon I sound more like an old crow. <laughs> Say, coming back to Halcyon Plantation's done you a heap of good. That's the first time I've heard you laugh in a long time.
3: Julie. Julie. Press is here. Where
4: is he? In the library. Excuse me, Buck. Julie, wait.
5: There's something you've got to know. Later. Later, I'm there. Press. Julie. Press. I can't believe it's you here. I've dreamed it so long. A lifetime. No longer than that.
1: You're looking well.
5: What fools we were.
1: That's all over, Julie.
5: Of course it's over. Shall I cry for you, Press? Nobody but you ever made me cry.
1: That's past now, Julie. Done. Finished. Oh, I ought to have
5: come to you. I wanted to so terribly. It was because I wanted to so much that I couldn't. But you came back, Press. You had to come back.
1: Julie, please. There's something I've you got to, to tell you. You had to
5: come back here because it's a part of you. It's the mockingbird in the magnolias. It's the blue haze on a spring morning when the air's so soft it presses on you like a kiss.
1: Julie, please
3: listen. Remember, While I was up north... Remember
5: how the fever mist smells in the swamp. Rank and rotten. But you trust it because it's part of your press. Just as I'm a part of you. And we'll never let you go. Julie, you?
1: you've got to listen to me. Do you
5: remember the time you wanted me to wear a white... I put on this white dress tonight for you to help me. Tell you how humbly I ask you to forgive me. See, Press, I'm kneeling to you. Julie, get up. I want to, Press. I must make you forgive me and love me the way I love you. Julie! Press, darling, do you know I... Oh, Oh, I beg your pardon. Come in, Amy. Yes, do come in. I was uh, just arranging the rug. I... I don't believe I've met you. I'm Julie Marsden. Oh, really? Press has told me so much about you. I'm Amy. Amy Dillard. Dillard? One of your relations from up north, Press?
1: Julie, I've been trying to tell you. I married while I was away. Married? Yes, Julie. Allow me the honor of presenting Amy, my wife. <laughs>
4: Such an announcement from a man to a girl who had thrown herself at his head and humbled herself at his feet would have broken the heart of anyone but Julie. Julie didn't cry. Julie's one desire was to hurt Press. Hurt him badly. That evening she met Buck as she came in from the Julie,
2: What's the matter with you?
5: It's nothing, Buck.
2: It is. Say, you were out there in the garden a mighty long time with Press Dillon.
5: Please, Buck. uh, Press has been drinking a little. He said a few things he's not responsible for. Yeah, I
2: thought so. What does he think a lady's house is? A riverboat bar? What did he say?
5: He, uh, he said... He said something about meeting him later tonight. After his wife had retired. What? Forget it, please. This will just be a secret between us, Buck.
3: Why, I...
2: Yeah, yeah, sure, Miss Julie.
5: I wouldn't want some silly thing I said to be the cause of... Well, the cause of anything.
2: You set your mind at rest. You won't be the cause. But you can depend on me, Miss Julie.
1: I don't know what you're talking about, Buck I didn't say anything to Miss Julie I don't want any explanations, Prez I'm just telling you to keep away from her You're pretty stupid, Buck Can't you see that she's using you? Just how do you mean that? It's as plain as day Julie's angry with me So she's been crying on your shoulder I'm telling you a lot of stuff
2: just to stir up trouble. No man can talk that way about any friend of mine without being invited out. You're a fool, Buck. Don't try to force me into fighting you. Well, what's your answer that, Mr. Dillard? Steal our pistols? Pistols. Where? The river flats. Time? Tomorrow morning. At seven. (laughs)
3: To do something,
4: Aunt Bell. We can't sit quietly here while Buck and Press are out there somewhere shooting each other. It's easy for women to
5: stop men falling, Amy, but they can't ever stop them. Julie could. I haven't the least idea what you're talking about. Don't pretend you you don't know what's happening out there, Julie Marsden. Oh, the meeting? Yes, a silly custom, but men call it chivalry. You're the cause of it. I don't know what you mean, Amy, but I do envy them. To face what you hate. To kill or be killed. To settle something. We can't do that. We women. It doesn't mean anything else to you. Why should it? Look, Aunt Bell. I picked these flowers early this morning. Aren't they lovely, Julie Child? She's no child. She's a
3: jealous, beaten woman. She still loves further. I'm told they're back.
1: <gasps> yes.
5: And Buck? Where's Buck, Press? Buck's
1: dead, Julie. I never saw a man die before. He knew what you'd done. He told me so before he died. Julie, you're a... Come on, Amy. Let's go back to New Orleans. Yes, yes
3: ma'am.
5: Aunt Bella. Please don't speak
4: to me, Julie. Because you're my own kin. And when you talk to me, it's hard for me to do what I have to do. What do you mean? All your life you've done as you please. At any cost to yourself or anyone about you. But last night you went beyond yourself. I'll arrange to turn over my guardianship of your affairs to the bank. All right,
5: if that's the way you feel. Well, why don't you go? Why do you stand there and look at me? What are you thinking? I'm thinking of a woman
4: called Jezebel who did evil in the sight of God. Buck's death should end the story, for Julie, deserted by everyone, was left to repent of her sins in bitter loneliness at Halcyon Plantation. Scarcely a week had passed, however, when Julie had an excuse to come out of her enforced retirement. Receiving word that the plague, raging through New Orleans, had at last claimed Chris Millard, and knowing that the authorities were sending all yellow fever victims to the dreaded leper island of Lazaret, Julie made her way past the quarantine barricade. She arrived at his bedside to find him raving in delirium.
1: It
4: Ignoring the doctor's warning, Julie bent over him and kissed him.
1: Press. And not like the north, because we'll never let you go. Press,
5: press, darling. It's Julie. I will
1: not ever to get away from you, and to always wear white. Because you cried.
5: President Julie, I've come to take care of you. I might have known you'd come. Yes, Amy. The men are here to take Press to Lazarus Island. I'm going with him. No, Amy. I'm going. I'm Press's wife. I love him. Loving him isn't enough. Amy, do you know the Creole word for fever powder? For food and water? How to talk to a sullen overworked slave and make him fear and help you? Press his life. And yours will hang on words you can't say. And you'll both die. And it must be that way. What right have you to say that? Amy, it's no longer you or I. What do you mean? I'll make him live. Whatever you might do, I'll do more. Because I know how to fight better than you. I'll fight to the death. I'll fight death itself. I'm going. I'm not afraid. No, you're not afraid. I believe you have the courage to save him. By giving me the right to go in your place. And... What would that mean to you? A chance to prove I can be brave and strong and unselfish. Help me, Amy. Let me make myself clean again. Julie, there's something I've got to know. Does Press still love you? The men are coming up the stairs to take him away. Amy, let me go with Press. Does Press still love you? What does it matter who Press loves? It's his life that matters. Tell me. No! If there was any love in his heart for me, I'd have taken him from you. I tried and failed. Because he loves only you. That's the truth, Amy. Do you believe me? Yes. I think I do. And I'm grateful to you for telling me in your own way what I had to know. Open the door for the men. But you haven't said. Amy, Amy, tell me. You earned whatever right was mine. God protect you and press. Go with him, Julie. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Morning,
0: ma'am. Is there a patient here bound for Lazaret Island?
5: There's a patient and nurse. I'm going with him.
0: Better change your mind, ma'am. Yellowjack will get you.
5: That's where you're wrong, mister. Yellowjack doesn't know what he's up against till he meets me. You just keep your boat running regular. My patient has a round-trip ticket, and we're both
3: coming back. (laughs)
2: Thank you, Jean Arthur, Jeffrey Lynn, Mary Nash, and Frank Tours conducting Oscar Bradley's Gulf Orchestra. You were all swell.
0: Gosh, I'll say they were, Rod. As a matter of fact, I've uh, written a little poem about today's show, and, uh, well, I'd sort of like to dedicate it to Jean Arthur if she doesn't mind. Would you, Jean?
5: Not at all, bud. <laughs> it's an honor. Please read the poem. Well,
0: I'm, uh, I'm too modest. W- would you read it, Jeff, please? Okay.
1: <clears throat> Roses are red, violets are blue. But, Gene Arthur, oh, my hat's off to you. (laughs) Tip-tip.
2: What's the tip-tip business? I'm tipping my hat. Ah, goodbye, bud. Oh,
0: no, 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 look, Roger, wait a minute. Give me another chance. I've got some more serious stuff, too. Now, I write serious stuff. Now, look at this. When the going gets real rough, when old man winter does his stuff, when it's cold enough to wear a muff, you can laugh at winter, sure enough, if you use Gulf Pride Motor Oil in your crankcase and the new stepped-up Gulf No-Knox gasoline in your gas tank. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is more truth than poetry because this coming winter, you can really do a job of making your automobile start more easily if you use Gulf Pride Motor Oil and Gulf No-Knox gasoline because the new stepped-up Gulf No-Knox is not only higher in anti-knock value and therefore smoother running in your automobile, but No-Knox is also quick-starting even in the coldest weather. With easy flowing winter grade Gulf Pride motor oil and stepped up Gulf No Knox, you can laugh at winter. Just like the laughing white polar bear on the sign outside your local Gulf dealers. So don't delay. Go right away. Get ready for winter the Gulf way with an oil change to Gulf Pride and a tank full of that stepped up
2: Gulf
1: No Knox gasoline.
2: gentlemen, here's a special delivery letter I've just received. It says, quote, Dear Roger, be sure to remind your audience that next week the Gulf Theater will present that smash motion picture success, A Great Man Votes, with Academy Award winner Thomas Mitchell, Little Virginia Weidler, and a man who is not only a great tragedian and a great comedian, but a great guy personally, John Barrymore, unquote. Gee, that's a fine letter, Roger. Who's it from? John Barrymore. <laughs> And so, ladies and gentlemen, no matter how you intend voting on November 5th, be sure to listen to the Gulf Theater next Sunday and let John Barrymore, Thomas Mitchell, and Virginia Weidler show you how a great man votes. This is Roger Pryor saying good night for your good Gulf dealer and reminding you that at times like these, we mustn't forget to take care of our own. You can do that quickly, surely, and easily by giving to your local community chest. Help the mobilization for human needs. Give to your community chest now. Thank you, and good night, everyone.
0: Gene Arthur is soon to be seen in Arizona, Columbia Pictures. Jeffrey Lynn's latest for Warner Brothers is Four Mothers, soon to be released.